With more than 60 episodes in the game, KP and PR are still dropping gems. Secrets continues to bring you the hot fire that you have grown to expect. Listeners describe Secrets as the ultimate receipt for motivating the underrepresented employee to be bold in achieving their career aspirations in corporate America. And season four will definitely not disappoint as they deliver secrets on how to advocate for yourself, how to become a better ally, and how to get your market value. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, put in that work to reach the top of corporate America. And this groundbreaking podcast challenges you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. KP and PR will bring you more tips and tricks on how to advance in your career. So fill up those cups and welcome to season four. Hey everybody, welcome to Secrets Man. Season 4 is off to a phenomenal start. We have so much activity with some of our connection events and just a lot going on. So KP, brother, what is going on with you? I'm doing all right, PR. How you doing today? So it's good to see you. And I've been reflecting on our experience with some of our coaching clients, mm-hmm. right? And one thing that keeps popping up in my head is how the people that we're working with have had the confidence just beaten out of them. Yeah, it's like a little magic it, trick, man. They just somehow they just seem to be able to take it from them. Yeah, no doubt. And we coach some extremely talented people, people yeah. who are just doing their thing, putting points on the board every day. And yet somewhere along the line, they've lost their confidence in their abilities and the ability to just do the next thing. Yeah. And, and look, it can happen to all of us, you mm-hmm. know, but that rings so true. And to say that some of the people that we coach are talented is really like a modest understatement, oh right? Like when we're talking about people who are managing a lot of business, right? People big who are money, making big people. a lot of money, right? In fact, our theme for season four continues to be You know you're not crazy. You're not crazy. (laughs) You are not crazy. And we want our listeners to know that some of the things you're feeling in the workplace and wondering about in your career are really not unique to you. At all. I mean, this is part of the system, right? Everybody kind of wants you to think you're crazy so that you can keep doubting yourself. So we also see a lot of people around us fail up. Okay. And I know that might be a new concept for folks, but it's basically meaning, you know, you see somebody that fails and ends up getting something much better than what they previously had. Oh, yeah. We didn't see that. How many? I, don't, I can't tell you how many times right. we've seen that. And then it makes you wonder why we don't get those same opportunities to fail up. Yeah. Yeah. It do make you wonder. It do make you wonder, right? How some people are given the grace yeah. and the space to be medi- mediocre. And still succeed while others of us are stuck in a dead-end job. Yeah, or stuck trying to do 10 things to prove your value or your worth. Oh, it's crazy. And like one of our listeners who attended one of our recent happy hour events said, all that wondering plays with your mind, right? It plays with your confidence. And it really makes you question whether you even have the permission to succeed. Mm. I mean, that that is so deep on so many different levels, right? Yeah. I mean, we don't even need to take this back to slavery and everything else, Mm-mm. right? Because we know, like, no matter what race you are, the dominant culture, the dominant society 
puts this doubt yeah you know in, in your just, mind just little doubts little seeds of doubts whether it's like with your reviews whether it's with you having to do 10 things versus seven like all of the yeah you did all right but but you know always it always something. comes up yeah and look you know i grew up you know playing football running track you know all of those types of things but one of my coaches used to always recite this quote by vince lombardi that says confidence is contagious but so is lack of confidence. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know what I'm That's saying? Right. That's and right. a lot of these mediocre cats just exude confidence and slip on through the cracks. They do. Now, if you're like one of my divine nine brothers or sisters, I mean, you remember what it was like when you was pledging and whatnot. So this is similar <laughs> when we would call someone out for skating, you know, yeah, through a process without doing the work required to be great. Yeah, they're trying to do the bare minimum. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. They want to like just say, hey, me too. Mm -hmm, you know what I'm saying? Right. Want to like just slatch on to stuff. I think ultimately what we start looking at is like this confidence is contagious. When you're around people who are used to winning, you know, who who prepare differently, they react, you know, to things, right? But when you're around people who are used to losing, who don't have like the right confidence and whatnot, that stuff becomes contagious. It does. It does. It really does. So, and we all deserve the right to succeed. Absolutely. And that's what this episode is about. And so in today's episode, we'll explore some of those nagging confidence questions and share personal moments in our careers when we almost got stuck from mm -hmm. lack of confidence. We'll talk about how confidence and lack of confidence can impact your career. We'll provide some receipts on the impact of confidence and how that impacts your career. And we'll close out with four secrets on how to build your confidence and give yourself permission to succeed. Man, man, man. So look, KP, let's start this episode by exploring the question if I had more confidence, I would dot, dot, dot. dot, dot. dot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So in our coaching sessions, we ask people how they can better advocate for themselves. Mm -hmm. We also explore how lack of confidence, fear, or some past trauma, you know, are all things that rise to the top as a major contributor to getting stuck, yeah, you know, in yeah. the quicksand or in the mm -hmm. mud. We see it. So our clients and mentees have told us that if they had more confidence, they would. Mm -hmm. And first off, I'll say if they had more confidence, they would speak up in meetings. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like this is not an easy thing to do. I mean, and depending on what your environment is, depending on what the leadership ranks are, sometimes you have people who want to just get accolades for speaking just to be speaking. Yeah. Or even if they're repeating the same shit, you know, they get accolades for that. So again, I think when we say this is not an easy thing to do if you you know don't have history of genuinely speaking out, because you don't want to be that person that just speaks for the sake of being heard. Right. Or to say something that ultimately is dismissed, right? Because then you're like, well, why even say anything? Every time I say something, they're gonna dismiss it. Or if somebody tries to repeat the same thing you said, but in different words, yeah. and you're like, no, didn't I just say didn't that? Didn't I just say that? That's <laughs> you know, right. right. It's just all those things that, that play into it. And, and you're so right. And, you know, and one another one of those is just fear of being wrong. Yeah. At the end mm -hmm. of the day, people. But you have the skill set. You know just as much as these people. And that's part of what we want to talk about today. Yeah. And, you know, it's like when you're talking about the fear of being wrong or the struggle to say something that's meaningful. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of this stuff is real. But, again, we're talking about being in your head now. Mm -hmm. You're not yeah. even talking about going out there and performing. Now you're talking about making sure, like, okay, I got to take three steps and then turn left. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I can't turn my head 92 degrees to the right. It right. can only be 50 degrees. Like, right. you know, All you're talking stuff. about thinking and not reacting. That's right. I got to be 100% right. Another thing that people 
say if we had more confidence, they would go for a job that they really love. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So many people hold themselves back from pursuing their dream because they have a nice paycheck. Yep. How many times we had that? You got that good job, boy. You better just sit down <laughs> exactly. and shut the hell up. Right. <laughs> you know, yep. and then you get comfortable. You get comfortable with that paycheck coming in every two weeks or every 15 days, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it just feels good. And you're great. You're not worried about what other people think at the end of the day. So we do nothing. We settle. We live in the misery. Yeah. We just sit there and marinate and be mad as hell all the time. But at the end of the day, that's on us. And the longer you sit in there, those walls just seem to keep caving in. Get smaller and smaller <laughs> yeah, and smaller. Yeah, you can't even turn around right? You know anymore. So again, being able to do something that you love is a bit of an understatement. But we do get some of our listeners to say, if they could, that's right. they would. They would. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing is, you know, we hear some of our listeners speak specifically, you know, to us. Just really, man, just about being open to critical feedback. Yeah, if they have more confidence. Yeah, if they have more confidence, they'd be open to more critical feedback. But again, when you get the critical feedback, and some of it is not necessarily meant for good. Sure, Some of it is meant to keep you in your place. Let's just call it what it is. What it is, right? That's right. Now I know it's hard to hear, you know, like critical feedback. I I get it. I Mm -hmm. absolutely get it because it sounds like you hear more often the critical stuff than the good. And and trust me, in our roles today, given the leadership roles that we're in, it seems the same way. All the time. Okay? All the time. <laughs> it seems the People same way. People are always telling you what you didn't do. Right. Right. Exactly. But if you're lucky, you know, enough to receive some feedback, it gives you an opportunity to build on it and make improvements. But if you don't receive it, you stay in the same place or the right. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you get a surprise at review time or some other time when you're trying to, like, maybe get a promotion and they bring out some shit you did back in 1900 and something. Right. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, again, but we're talking about, honestly, feedback is a gift. So, you know, trying to be open to that critical feedback is a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. And this is a big one that we hear a lot of times. If they had more confidence, I'd allow myself to make mistakes and take more strategic risks. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I have to say personally, like most of my life, I suffer from being a perfectionist. Right. Everything had to be on point, 100 percent. Right. Or I considered it a failure. Yeah. And I will say that. For a long time, made me risk averse. Yeah, I didn't want to take risk unless I knew what the outcome was going to be. You weren't going to fail. Wasn't mm-hmm. going to fail, right? And I think that holds back a lot of BIPOC and women, yeah. in corporate America because we don't take the risk because we want to be make sure that we are absolutely on point. Yeah, look, it took us so long to get the dang role, man. We can't lose it. We constantly proving. You know, not that we can do the job, but why we even got here in the first place. Right. That you end up kind of when you fast forward, you end up creating like these risk adverse mm-hmm. qualities. Yeah. You know, that's hard yes. to kind of overcome. And they stay with you. Because once that narrative, as we talked about, once that narrative starts getting written, regardless, if you move past it, that's always going to follow you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. I think the other thing that comes you know, to mind for me is like with more confidence, you'd be comfortable with your own story and your own experience. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you wouldn't use language that minimizes your accomplishments. Oh, and I mean, again, oh, boy. you know, it's like, look, we suffer from like, hey, don't tell them too much about your personal life. Right. Don't I- tell them, you know, this, that and the other. But this was probably one of my most difficult growth points in my career. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like many of our coaching clients, we've been trained and conditioned to use language that expresses 
what we have done or what the team, Mm -hmm. you know, had accomplished. However, it's imperative to learn how to articulate your own story and how your experience has been shaped. So, again, this is what separates your accomplishments and you putting points on the board and how you influence those, Mm -hmm. you know, or even how your upbringing. Right. No matter how minuscule or impactful it might be, but to start working on your story so you can articulate that. This was a huge place in my career when once I started doing that, it really kind of made a difference. But it also lets you know there's some environments you don't belong in. That's right. That's true. If you have coaching with Ricky and I, our very first session is all about learning your story. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we want to understand from the very beginning where you came from, how you grew up. What are the things that influenced you Mm -hmm. so that we can help you craft that story? Because we know once you get to a certain point in your career, it's not about the skills. You have the technical capability. It ain't about what? Now it's about, will people enjoy working with you? Do they like you? Are you going to be able to put yourself out there in situations where you show up with confidence? Yeah. The way you do that is about knowing your story, owning your story, owning your experience and being good to talk about it yeah yeah i mean how well do you fit on the team and there are some situations where it just ain't gonna work it just you know ain't gonna work. like That's based right. off of what you know and again you having that self-discovery you know like who i am what i stand for the shadow that i cast it ain't gonna work at this company. That's right, and that's okay. It's all right, but it's better to learn that that's before right. you become risk adverse and scared to take chances. There you go. There you go. One other way that people say, if I had more confidence, I would not doubt my abilities mm-hmm. and suffer from imposter syndrome. Yeah. This imposter syndrome is a powerful drug, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. But many of us finally get the opportunity to be in the room. When that happens, we start to doubt if we actually deserve to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I can remember when I got my job at Kodak, right? I was 31 years old. Mm-hmm. I was kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. Right? I was climbing. Young you know. That's right. I was tapped to lead a global finance organization. All my peers had been working at Kodak for 31 years yeah. mm-hmm. or more. I was full of fear and doubt about how I can compete. But again, my boss just who hired me, you know, she told me, hey, you were hired for a reason. The skills that I brought to the table were all about the future. I had the technical capability to compete, but I had some extra skills that these other cats didn't have. And that's all I needed. Like Emmett Smith. You know, I'm a Cowboys fan. Yeah, I was about to say, he couldn't help himself, y'all. He couldn't help himself. Like Emmett Smith. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that I had the greatest line of football to block for me. And all I needed to do was just hit that hole and score. Yeah. Right? At the end of the day. So that, it made a big difference. But especially us who are underrepresented and marginalized, that imposter syndrome is a powerful thing. Yeah. Again, it plays itself out in so many different aspects, Mm -hmm. right? Look, the last thing I'll share here is, you know, in terms of what common themes that we hear from the people that we coach in terms of if I had more confidence, I would not care what others thought about me as much, Ooh. right? I mean, Ooh. we're talking about these haters now, right? Like, because yes. they gonna hate. That's they're what they. That's hate. what they do. Haters that's hate. Jill Scott said, yeah. "Hate on me, hater." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we spend the time worrying about what people think about us, it will literally drive us crazy. Because mm-hmm. I get it. At the end of the day, like honestly, I can't tell you how many people. Look, we get a whole bunch of good emails and messages coming from people. But we get a whole bunch of nasty ones, too. <laughs> Let's be honest. We get a whole bunch of nasty ones. Now, I know it might sound like a cliche, 
But you have to really do like E40 said. Right? Uh-huh. You know, E Feezy finds a reason, <laughs> right? You got to shake them haters off, shake man. Them shake off. them haters off, shake right? Them off. <laughs> if we keep on worrying about what people think, it would definitely be a distraction to your goal. When you think about how much time you spend talking about low performers, how much time you spend talking about gossip, how much time you think about talking about people who said you weren't going to be uh-huh. anything. Like, really, at the end of the day, it's just designed to knock you off your pivot. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So but we talk to people, and once we get past, you right. know, like that PTSD, past that extra shit that's rooted in some other shit, uh-huh. you know, there, then they start realizing, you know what? They're actually winning. Oh, like when totally. I'm spending time talking about these haters, they are winning. They're winning. <laughs> They're winning. And we know this. This is why we do secrets because we've been there. Yeah. We've made it up to the top. So once you kind of see this shit or hear this shit, experience this shit, yeah, it's like you can't tell me shit. <laughs> right? Don't be trying to like, I don't care. I'm going to still sleep good. I'm going to be yeah. fine. I'm going to go home and look into one of these refrigerators and get an option out. Right. I'm going to go downstairs and wiggle toes in mm-hmm. front of this TV and turn on some more options. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to do these things. But look, like most people, Keith, you and I both have moments in our careers when our confidence was tested. Right? And mm-hmm. it was like, you know, for a lack of better terms, it really felt like somebody was messing with you. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Ooh. if it felt like someone pricked you, like it like it was almost like someone pricked like pricked you and like a balloon, you know, was there and all the air went all out. All the air just you know, you're like, yeah. It was like, you know, what did they used to do when Charlie Brown? Womp, womp, womp. Like it was like, <laughs> God, dog, I was flying high, man. Yeah, and then it all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. So, Keith, talk to me, man. Talk to me about one of your stories, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I can remember I was chief of staff for our CEO. It's basically like a two-year assignment, two- mm-hmm. to three-year assignment. I was kind of nearing the last six months of my, my time, and our CFO announced that he was leaving. Mm-hmm. Our CFO, he had been one of my sponsors. He wouldn't admit it, wouldn't say that, but pretty much from the time I was hired, and at this point in time, I was eight or nine years in the Kodak, They've been moving me along the way. I wouldn't have gotten a chief of staff job. I know for sure without his sponsorship at the end of the day. But as that transition was happening, going to a new CFO, you know, our CEO asked me to just kind of double hat. Mm -hmm. He said, remain chief of staff. And as we get the new CFO coming in, I want you to also now become our VP of financial planning and analysis for the company. Right? Double hat. We know it's going to be a lot, but... In exchange for doing that, you know, you'll get your operating role. Do this for like 12 to 18 months for me. Yeah. Help get our new CFO up to speed, blah, blah, blah. And we'll, then we'll move you into an operating role. No problem. I'm good. I'm cool. That shit went up in smoke <laughs> for a little bit. Uh-huh. Right. It went totally up in smoke because all of a sudden that extra dynamic of having a new person as part of that agreement. Didn't work out so slick. Yeah. Didn't yeah. work out so well at the end of the day. Right. So all of a sudden, all of the capital that I had been built during mm-hmm. my time at Kodak was being questioned. Yep. yep. Leadership being questioned. Why is he in this role? Why is he in the room when this meeting is happening? Why is his office here, Sp- spending all here, this time talking and about not there? Spending all this time talking about other shit that right. don't have nothing to do with the real shit. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Why does he get to travel on the jet with yeah, yeah. <laughs> with him mm-hmm. and not just all the stuff started to come up. 
I really started to question myself. I'm yeah. like, is it me? Am I crazy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Am I the one that's crazy? Am I the one that's crazy? At the end of the day, and all that little shit started to add up. And at some point, you just kind of like lost a little bit of confidence. Yeah, yeah. Lost a little bit of mojo. It kind of slowed you down a little bit. And it's like, I knew I was on the secession plan for CFO. Yeah, yeah. Early. You know, not ready now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when I was in the conversation. Right, right. But then it was like, hmm, maybe I ain't good enough. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm not ready. Maybe it's not for me. Maybe I'm checking this box for them. Right. <laughs> Just all this stuff started to crop up. And so it took a little bit of time to recover from that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then, but then it starts fucking with your mind and you start exploring other opportunities. Yeah. You start, you know, all kinds of stuff just starts to happen. And, you know, it worked out at the end, but still, that point was like a pivotal moment for me, just in terms of, am I crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am you, I missing you, something? You spent a little am bit I, of time that you cannot get back. I can't go okay. back. <laughs> Worrying about some shit rooted in some other shit that had nothing right. to do with you. Right. Okay? Like, mm-hmm. again, somebody else feeling challenged or threatened about what you present or what you can bring to the table Mm -hmm. and they won at the end of the day got you focusing on this other stuff while they down the other end of the field right you know what i'm saying look man i mean i hate to hear stuff like that but i know it's true and i know some of our listeners are going through that same battle Mm -hmm. you know right now look man i worked at a company that will remain nameless okay but i can just remember at a time when, you know, they say, hey, if you do what you love, it doesn't even feel like working. Oh, do you yeah. know what I mean? Uh-huh. And Man, yeah. I really found like my secret power at that organization. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time trying to make this organization appealing to BIPOC candidates, whether that be internal or external, by showing up at events, you know, getting inactive leaders to become engaged with recruiting and connection events. Like, man, we was starting to show up. Mm-hmm. Okay, starting mm-hmm. to show up. And to be honest, it was actually paying off as we were starting to see improvements with our ethnically diverse representation numbers for pipeline positions, female leadership mm-hmm. roles. Like, there's a blueprint. Like, yeah, the companies that do right. this well, they do it right. They do it right. You know what I mean? And they're consistent. Like, you got everybody's you know, involved because it's all hands on deck. So one day I had an uh, interaction with my boss at the time. I mean, it was just one of the strangest conversations, right? Who, and it was doing a review who told me that I spent too much time on those efforts. Like it was always <laughs> those, those efforts, those types of things, right? The conversation ended with the leader telling me, now again, look, I didn't work in HR for 25, 30 years, okay? Mm-hmm. And the, the leader in HR basically told me, we, you know, in rabbit quotes here, yes. a.k.a. the company, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. really didn't aspire to be an employer of choice. Oh, wow. Right? Like, you know, we're just trying to get these positions We're just trying away. to get through. We're trying to do some performative shit, basically, right. what telling right. me back then, before mm-hmm. I knew what it was called. This was definitely like a shot to my confidence at the time, because this leader was responsible for driving culture and creating a desirable environment internally and externally. Wow. Right? Like... I mean, I'm thinking to myself, like, damn, I thought we was doing good work. I thought people appreciated it. You know, Mm -hmm. like I'm seeing top companies to work for, the numbers rising. And I'm not saying I'm single handedly responsible, but you can go and talk to some of those people now who are working at other companies. Right. But you could talk to some of those people and they'll say, 
hey, it was because of this opportunity. It was because of, mm-hmm. you know, this event, you know, when I met this individual mm-hmm. and then they put me in contact with some people. But again, I kind of walked away from that. Man, it took me a minute to like really understand. But I was like, was I the one that was crazy in this situation? Right, right. <laughs> what, like, like, <laughs> what do we go a foul? What do we go a foul? And then you're like, you put all that time and energy into it. And it's like, well, if none of that matters, yeah. how am I actually going to get ahead? Or why am I even here? Or why am I here? <laughs> Right, right. Like, I mean, again, no one who's BIPOC wants to be seen as a participant in the parade. Right, exactly. (laughs) Like, they don't want to be paraded around and this, that, and the other. But ultimately, it made me say to myself, this leader just really wasn't thinking about. And again, when I say this person had visibility all the way up to, you know, P&L leaders and functional leaders Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And they depended on this person to be like their confidant yeah, or their voice of for reason. For sure, for sure. That person just really just threw me for a loop, man. Yeah. So again, you talk about taking a minute. Like it took me a minute to really find my voice because at, at the end of the day, I'm like, companies don't really care about this stuff. But I know that's not true. Yeah. You know, there are some companies that really do care about it. But it made me say, well, let me focus on something else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> this don't matter. Exactly. I spent three quarters of my job focus on this shit that don't matter. Right, right, exactly. Right, exactly. And it all begs the question, you know, those are some of the reasons and things that we've heard from people that we've worked with over time, either as clients or, you know, managing people over the course of our careers. And it begs the question of why it's so important to have confidence and giving yourself permission to succeed. Why that's so important. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, as I think about that and why having that confidence is important, first and foremost, and we talk about this a lot, is performance. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have confidence, your performance is going to fail. So having confidence improves your work performance, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As we've preached over and over, performance is essential, and that's especially critical for women and BIPOC employees in advancing our careers and getting sponsorship opportunities. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get sponsored if you're not performing. Nobody's going to vouch for you. Table stakes. That's right. If you're not putting points on the board. So confidence helps you make, make you more productive and focused on the job at hand. Just keep telling yourself that you are kick-ass at what you do and take names. Absolutely. Get your own receipts. Get we always receipts. talk about this. Get your own receipts. Get your own receipts. Right there. Because, again... Performance just doesn't lie. No. You can say, hey, you were the beneficiary of good luck or it was because of this or that. But the performance is what the performance is. That's right. Nobody remembers who was the coach beforehand. Right. You know, who assembled the talent. They only know who the coach was when they won. When they won. (laughs) Like, that's it. (laughs) That's it. That's all they talk about. As we're thinking about why confidence and giving yourself permission to succeed is important, it also improves your mindset and your mental stamina. Yeah. Okay. Think about, you know, in our generation, man, you know, some of the world's greatest athletes. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether that was Muhammad Ali back in the day Mm -hmm. or, you know, Kobe Bryant in recent times or even Michael Jordan, who's still revered as one Mm -hmm. of the best, you know, but then you think about like Simone Biles, you know, you think about like Tiger Woods, like the thing that really set those individuals apart from anybody else Mm -hmm. was like that mental toughness. Oh yeah. And that toughness comes from a supreme confidence in their ability to do any and everything in their profession. Yeah. You know, that needs to be done to win. And I'm saying ethically, like they were working harder. Yeah, they were working hard. They were doing some of those things and people were obviously like, Oh, they're cheating. You know, I mean, literally we're talking about athletes where 
they changed the rules. Yes. They so that set they a would, new bar. So that they wouldn't be so damn good. good now that right. other people could compete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know right. what I'm saying? Like, they were. We're talking yeah. about, you know, them changing. Like, let's talk about Wilt Chamberlain. Like, you used to not be able to dunk the basketball. That's right. That's right. Because of him. Yeah. Dunk the basketball. We're talking about the sky hook from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, nobody could block the shit. Yeah. Like, you, you, you know, like, we're changing the rules so that other people can catch up and compete. Right. Mm-hmm. And sadly, you know, we saw uh, in Simone Biles at the recent Olympics how losing that confidence can quickly make you become ordinary to yeah, some sorts, yeah, right? Yeah. Now, look, she has since got that edge back, and she is the goat. Like it, like oh, you don't, you don't, no, you don't win that damn much on accident. You don't win that damn much on accident, right? Not at all. But that mental fortitude is the foundation for success with enduring the extra stuff yep. that you got to deal with. That you got to you know deal I mean? with. That's right. And finally, you know. Having that confidence, you know, it builds your confidence, not only, but it also builds the confidence of others in you. Right, right. Because at the end of the day, there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance. Right. At the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to have swagger. Think about Barack Obama. You know, you always talk about, you see him walk in the room, you're like, oh, he a cool dude. Yeah, yeah, he got that little limp. That little thing. I mean, you ain't got to say nothing. It's like, he cool. Yeah. But you don't feel like he's arrogant. Mm -hmm. That's just a little confidence, a little air that he has about him, right? Or you have a quiet confidence. Think about Mother Teresa. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just like all the things that she did and just how she showed up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that created confidence in her Mm -hmm. and people wanted to be like her at the end of the day. So others start to believe in you and your ability and start to do great things under your leadership when they can believe in you. So, But people can actually sniff out when you're not confident, when you're running scared, when you're full of shit. Yeah, yeah. Also, when you, when right? you're over there faking the funk. Faking the funk, right? Because <laughs> they, <laughs> they don't want to follow you. Yeah. There's going to be a couple that'll follow you, but most people ain't going to follow you. Yeah. So again, you know, I guess to the contrary, as we're talking about that, like, you know, this lack of confidence can negatively impact your career. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we've seen a ton of things and we talked about earlier how this shit is contagious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, it you is. know, I mean, when you're around the team and they losing all the doggone time, mm. they going in thinking they're going to lose or maybe not how they're not thinking they're going to actually lose. They're probably thinking about how much right. are we actually going to lose? That's by. right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. expect them to It'll lose. be a win today if we don't lose by 20. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like something to celebrate, you know, but I think, you know, going back to a term that you had mentioned earlier in terms of this lack of confidence and how it can negatively impact your career, imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, imposter syndrome literally is an internal battle with yourself, you know, to prove that you belong. Yeah. yeah. When I was younger, look, I thought I was just relegated to sports as I was competing with the bigger or the older dudes and football or the fast people and track, mm-hmm. right? I would find myself being mechanical with my movements, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You know, versus just being me. And it just took a, a point yeah. in time like where it's like, it just clicks for you. It's like, I'm trying to do all of these other things when if I just be me, you're going to be fine. I, I could compete, right? Mm-hmm. But as I would win, I knew that I belonged, mm-hmm. right? Like regardless if my shoes looked the same way as somebody else's or my form might have been different. But in corporate America, it was a tougher lesson for me to learn as I always had to prove that I deserved to be in the room. Right? Yeah. Forget about the all the other stuff. I got it. We're not in the interview talking about what I can bring to the table or th- that diversity that we say is so important. We're not talking about 
why I got to this level why? and who That's I right. knew. Who I knew. It. it was one time I had my marketing collateral with me and I was interviewing with an organization and a leader actually asked me in the interview, I ain't making this up. Mm-hmm. Oh, this resume is nice. Who did it for you? <laughs> <laughs> Who did the resume for you, man? Like, are like you, you fucking capable? But did it even matter? It, it didn't even resume? matter. It's yours. Is it like, it's almost asking a, a woman if she got a fake eyelashes or, or <laughs> extensions. Right. Where you get that from? Right. Does it matter? It's on me. Matter. It's mine. <laughs> it belongs to me. It's I got mine. a receipt for this shit. You know what I'm saying? But again, we're talking about things that take you outside of the room. Like in my role or even, you know, in the roles that I've been in in the past, you know, you're thinking about why I deserve the overall total compensation that I have or why I deserve to be able to get this bonus. And when I didn't experience like immediate success in those roles, I admit, man, that a bit of imposter syndrome was creeping into my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Do you, know, you know what I mean? Like, am I overanalyzing where I should be or am I selling myself higher than where I should be? But over time, I was able to find my groove again, man, like, and, uh, and realize that I deserve to be here, too. Yeah. Like, you, you, just yeah. because you didn't go to Harvard or wherever, Stanford or wherever it is, like, you put in the work. You put in the work. And you put in the work and you got the receipts to show it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, some of this lack of confidence also can lead to depression. Yeah. You know, lack of motivation, constant exhaustion. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't want to get out of bed. How many of us have had that situation where you just don't want to get out of bed? That's a form of depression at the end of the day. You don't want to go to work. Yeah. Don't want to do that thing. And I can remember vividly the last six months at one company that I worked for after years of busting my ass, you know, double revenue, consolidated operations, but nothing was ever good enough. Yeah. There was yeah. always something else. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it didn't have nothing yeah. <laughs> to do with what was happening performance wise. Right. It was always just something, some scab to pick at, right? But after a while, all that stuff took a physical and mental toll, right? You know, I dreaded getting out of bed. And I'm a morning person. Ricky, you and I are both morning people. (laughs) Exactly. It ain't no problem for us to get up. I pop up every Saturday morning, Mm 6 o'clock, whatever, ready to go. But at that point in time, I lacked motivation to overperform. That was always my goal. It wasn't about meeting the goal. It was about Mm overperforming. I won't do that shit no more because I knew it wouldn't matter. Because no matter what I did, it was always going to be questioned. So, you know, at some point, I just... You know, that all led me to just kind of reevaluate shit and decide, you know, what what's next. And at the end of the day, give myself permission to succeed. Yeah. I mean, it's important, man. I mean, that depression, we talked about yeah. that stuff, man. And as BIPOC people, you can look at the statistics. Our lives have smaller lifespans than others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And a large concern there is the stress, yep. the hypertension, you know, some of those other things that end up leading to pre-existing conditions, yes, so to speak. Exactly. Right? Look, man, another area, man, is just a prickly attitude. Like in, I start looking at like these poor relationships, you know, that I had and being mm-hmm. unable to kind of hear the feedback. And again, it's just, yeah. everything's coming at you from so many different uh, angles. You know, I remember just projecting deflecting, blaming, and probably not taking any ownership, mm-hmm. you know, in those scenarios. So look, KP, when I finally took a step back to examine some of my own poor professional relationships, I realized that I was actually the common denominator, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in those relationships. I mean, it was actually me, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I was so busy blaming others for these relationship failures 
that I was not able to to move forward. So I was mm-hmm. kind of stuck. Yeah, just you stuck. know, I was stuck, stuck in that place. But after working on me and being open to changing the dynamic, things really did kind of turn around and change. Mm-hmm. Now, some work relationships were still bad. Yeah. Okay. And so I had to charge those to the game, right? Yeah. Some people don't want to see you succeed. They don't. And that's like, as you were talking about that stress, like as soon as you do well, it's like, yeah, but, but. yeah. That's like, hey, do you understand uh, my point of view? I do yes and no. Yes. Or, you know, and it's kind of like, okay, here we go again. So I just had to kind of charge those to the game and stop asking those people for feedback, too, because it wasn't going to do anything positive, Mm -hmm. you know, for me. And, again, I was able to look at my own prickly attitude and fix what I could control. But some of those things you're not going to be able to fix. Yeah. That's so, so true at the end of the day. Some stuff you just got to let go. (laughs) Another negative consequence of not having confidence is just you're not performing. Yeah, absolutely. You're missing goals. You know, you're having errors in your work, Mm -hmm. starting to make mistakes, you know, and using my prior story as an example, at some point you just stop caring. Yep. Right. We don't give a shit. You know, you do the bare minimum, survive, you know, despite my own competitive and perfectionist tendencies, I just... Okay, I'll just do what I need to do to get that check now. Now it's all about just getting the check, right? And it's impossible to be your best when your confidence is wounded. Yeah. Right? Uh It's just not possible. And that's when you start missing goals. You start missing objectives. Your work isn't as clean as it once was. And if you're not careful, all of that stuff can quickly spiral out of control if you don't find ways to prop yourself up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so important, you know, in terms of that not performing and, you know, everything else. I mean, this is really, really important to kind of understand that piece. I think the last area that I'll uh, touch on here, man is I just think the lack of risk taking. Like we talked about this before when your Mm -hmm. confidence is kind of shook, Mm -hmm. you start to kind of be in this indecisive mode, right? Because you're kind of double checking yourself here, right? Like you're like, okay, if I do this, then this. That's right. You know, and that the other, right? This analysis paralysis, right? And earlier in my career, I was so risk adverse that it took me too long to make decisions. I mean, that can cause all kind of issues, but it caused me to miss out on opportunities, man, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Either to gain experience with new roles and assignments or just to be able to showcase my actual learning agility. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, all of those things that we talk about, Keith, there's an impact yeah. you know, to it. I mean, summarize that up for us. man. Yeah, an impact of people kind of building you up or tearing you down can have serious consequences on your career. Right. At the end of the day, especially for women and BIPOC employees. You know, it's just another invisible hurdle that we have to deal with and overcome in order to move forward at the end of the day. People always trying to, you know, they'll put you on the pedestal, then they go chop, 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 chop. Yeah. Or not quite put you up there. That's right. You know, because they want to keep you in your place. They keep you in your place. Yeah. And look, I think the moral to the story, Keith, man, is is really like, you know, confidence, not cockiness. Yes. Is like a critical and unspoken component of being a successful executive. Like we've all had to learn this. We heard Anton Vixen talking about this. Mm-hmm. We heard Amber Cabral talking about how important it was to know yourself yes. and to kind of work on some of these things here. Like we, we can just go through all of the folks, you know, whether it be Brooke's story, right? Right. No one tells you outright that you lack confidence. That's like true. nobody says no that. One says you know what I'm that. saying? That's right. It will usually come out or come at you in some slick ass way, yeah. right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if that becomes the narrative about you, then it's going to be hard to shake it off as yeah. we spoke to before. Yeah, it but will look, be. But look, man, again, 
we're talking about our stories. We're giving people our emotional things here. Let's just kind of switch gears and talk about these receipts today, man. Yeah, again, let's do it. There's a reason why we're bringing up the subject, okay? So again, in today's you know episode, the secrets that we're going to touch on are going to be simple. We're just going to share some receipts on the impact confidence or even the lack thereof having confidence can have on your career success. Yeah. Receipt number one, we're going to go to science, right? In research compiled by Psychology Today, it was found that confident people, regardless of gender, tend to be more accurate. They did, however, spot a stereotype threat where there's a tendency for members of a negatively stereotyped group to underperform on tasks compared to a culturally salient stereotype. <laughs> what does all that mean? That was some deep language there, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. For example, when asked to imagine themselves as a stereotypical male, females perform much better on a mental rotation task than when they were not given such an instruction. Mm. So if you were asked to act like a dude, you do better than if you were told not to act like a dude. Additionally, when women are asked to report their gender, before taking a mental rotation test, they perform much worse on the test than if they identify themselves as a private college student. Yeah. So it's just, you know, this is just mind trickery. Yep. yep. Just playing with your head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, man. I think, again, these are the receipts. I mean, we're not making this right. up. Not you know, we're not making this up. Look, receipt number two in a KPMG women's leadership study, it showed that 67% of women said, They needed more support building confidence to feel like they can be leaders. Women's confidence actually declines. Yes, I mean, goes down. Goes down. (laughs) With experience. That's crazy. With experience, 27% of new female employees are confident they can reach top management. But this drops to a mere 13% in experienced female employees. That's crazy. I mean, at, at some crazy. point, they didn't seen something, they heard seen something, something. You know, it like makes them say, "You know what? This shit ain't possible." That's right. Like we said earlier, your eyes open up, your ears get big. Yeah. And finally, women lack the confidence to either pursue a job opportunity, but beyond their experience. Okay, that's seventy three percent. Say that seventy three percent, man, and you know, sixty five percent don't feel comfortable asking for a promotion. Whew. 65% in terms of, you know, they lack the confidence in being able to ask for a promotion. 61% feel uncomfortable or lack the confidence requesting a raise mm. or request a new role or a position. So we're not even talking about promotion right. sometimes. It could even be a lateral. That number is 56%. Yeah. <laughs> so, so again, we're talking about some of these companies who have a ton, you know, of men working for them versus females, mm-hmm. or if it's like, you know, white males versus ethnically diverse leaders. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said that we don't make it comfortable, yep. you know, for people. And again, we're talking about sometimes making you feel like you're crazy. This is where it comes in this and they start messing with from. your confidence. This is where it comes from. And receipt number three is just going to build on what you were just talking about and what you were just spitting about over there. There's a study called Advancing the Future of Women in Business by KPMG, and they polled 750 high-performing executive women who are one or two career steps away from the C-suite and have participated in KPMG's Women Leadership Summit. 75% of executive women 
report having personally experienced imposter syndrome mm-hmm. at certain points in their career. 85% believe imposter syndrome is commonly experienced by women in corporate America. And 74% of executive women believe that their male counterparts do not experience feelings of self-doubt as much as female leaders do. And finally, 81% believe that they put more pressure on themselves not to fail than men do. I mean, again, <laughs> it's a reason why we come up with these receipts. Yeah. We're not making this shit up. Not making it's not it like up. we're just making up topics to talk about. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we start with the data. Yeah. Again, and we need to get these topics and these recordings to that 85% who believe imposter syndrome is most common, right? Mm-hmm. Like they need to hear this stuff. You need know, finally, receipt number four. Now, look, I know we dedicated a whole episode to this in season one. But an article by Bloomberg states that the black tax is real. Mm-hmm. Okay. The article states that the burden to stay vigilant against racial bias can impact an employee's self confidence, career path, and retention within an organization. And it's no surprise that professional and financial repercussions also follow. I mean, basically, this shit is tiring. Yeah, it's tiring. Okay? That's I right. mean, we know being leaders in corporate America. Like they ask you to, to do everything. All you know things. what I'm saying? Like all the things. So so look, at the end of the day, I mean, we think about, you know, all those repercussions. This constant attention to protecting your safety and self-worth can become a job within a job. Mm-hmm. Or at, at the very least, an energy draining distraction. Black employees in non-diverse and non-inclusive workplaces may lack access to the senior leaders and spheres of influence that could provide paths for career progression. The racial wage gap embedded in the corporate system, combined with the diminished opportunity to connect and move forward, can impact earnings potential throughout a career. So, again, it's a lot of it's stuff, a lot of stuff in you there. know, wrapped up in there, man. So, again, look, we talk about the receipts. We talk about our emotions, you know, this, that and the other in our experiences. Let's just kind of navigate into the actual secrets. This mm-hmm. is where we start to try to like give you tools to be able to solve things, yeah, right? Yeah. So yep. today we want to be able to provide for you four secrets on how to navigate the workplace. Number one, do your homework. Number two, get an executive coach. Number three, call on your network. And number four, finally, focus on your strengths. Know your value proposition. I know this is going to sound like stuff that you've heard before, but it applies. Yeah, yeah. And again, I mean, increase that confidence. The first secret that you have to do is to do your homework. Yeah. The more you educate yourself or expand your knowledge on a particular subject or the office politics and other stuff that's going on in the workplace, the more confident you'll actually be in your ability to manage through all that BS that you're going to encounter. Because you're going to encounter it. Yeah. There's no doubt. It's inevitable. That's right. So just do your homework. Yeah. I Look, secret number two, get an executive coach. I mean, we talked about this, you know, in previous episodes. We can't emphasize it enough. At some point, you're going to have to lay down some coin to get ahead, right? You're going to have to admit you don't have all the answers, That's right? right. That's and right. And you got to pay for it, right? Mm-hmm. It's true that your company may help you out with... Uh, professional development of their choice and their choosing, right? But you also need someone who is going to give you the real scoop, someone who is not necessarily affiliated with the organization. Now, look, KP and I, we do it. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of other very good coaches out there as well to help you get that edge. But it's imperative that you really start to think about getting an executive coach. Yeah, it can be critical. Secret number three, again, call on your network. 
again, we have talked so, so, so many times about this, and you're going to hear some more in season four, right? About establishing and using your personal board of directors, right? And if you feel yourself in a slump or doubting yourself, that network of yours can be invaluable to pumping mm-hmm. you up, propping you up, giving you the confidence to keep moving forward and looking for whatever you need to be your best. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important, man. And finally, secret number four, focus on your strengths. Know your value proposition. Know what you bring to the table. KP, look, man, we talked about knowing your value proposition a million times. Yep. If you understand your value proposition, then there is no way that anyone can stop you. Yeah. You know too much at that point. There's no better way to instill this confidence than to focus on your strengths and knock it out of the park. So don't give people the opportunity to nitpick and do the yeah, but stuff, what you don't do well, like all of those things. Be so strong at what you do well that the naysayers have no receipts to pull out of their pocket. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like keep it pushing, man. Keep it pushing. And hey, I've had fun on this episode. And if you want to find more resources on these secrets and the receipts that we shared today, just go to our website, secrets.com. There's an abundance of information there. Check out those show notes and all the other information that we have on the site. And if that don't work, reach out to us. (laughs) Exactly. So, look, I want to give a shout out to all our listeners and fans out there. Again, we're so humbly appreciative of you all making us a bit of a household name, you know, out there. Right. And without you, none of this would be possible. Our listenership has grown 10 times, you know, because of you, right? Yep. And look, help your brothers out by writing that review on Apple. I know I said every week, Apple, Spotify, joining our LinkedIn community of practice group and commenting on our posts on all of your favorite social media channels, right? Yep. We read yep. everything. We read Okay, it. so yep. put it out there. And also check out that merch. We're going to keep saying it. Go to the goods tab on our website to check out our latest gear. We are upping our game and adding more designs. We've included some Divine 9 products now. We got the LGBTQ plus pride designs out there. And, you know, you already know this. Rick and I are locked in mm-hmm. on helping you get your seat at the table and getting your coin. So, again, we are happy to provide personal coaching services for you or training to your organization. So check out our website again for more information. And look, as we close this episode out, we want to remind you that you absolutely have all the permissions that you need and expectation, you know, for this community to succeed. You yeah. ain't got to ask nobody. You ain't got to ask just, nobody. Just do it, you know. And KP, just keep in mind that he and I have an expectation to keep these doggone cups filled up all the way. We've yeah, been over to here. The rim. We've been over here talking a lot today. <laughs> and we want to uh, make sure that we continue to keep spitting this truth serum for y'all. But the one truth serum I want to leave you with is. Go get that damn COVID shot please, of that booster, man. We like, we three years into the game, man, and we still over here talking about we doing research. Right. Come on, man. Come on. So, look, y'all, thanks again for listening to Secrets. We love you all, and we appreciate you. And just remember, when we share, you transform. Peace, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed yet another gem from KP and PR. In fact, one listener said that Secrets continues to share the inside story on how to truly accomplish your corporate ambitions, and we hope you agree. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please subscribe to our podcast, share with friends, donate via Patreon, and sign up for our executive coaching services. 
check us out at www.c-crets.com to get more information about our secret services. Remember, when they share, you transform. Until next time, cheers!